Welcome to Fur What It's Worth, an introduction to and exploration of the furry fandom. Do you know the Muffin Man? Those two fools, Rue and Tugs, do. Do you know the Muffin Man, the Muffin... I do. How are you doing today, Tugs? My muffin is dusty and dry. Welcome to For What It's Worth, Season 4, Episode 7. You know Betty White? Yep. Video games in the fandom, 64. And 64! Interrupting... <laughs> okay. And interrupting sound text. Yay! Wow, thank you. <laughs> The topic is obvious. We're not even going to tell you. And it's almost time to talk about the topic. But first, let's find out what Rue did this week. Well, I have done lots of things. First of all, New Year's happened. And I had a whole bunch of people over at my house. And it was fun, dandy. We celebrated. We cheered. We counted everything down. And then we used those British poppers. You know, the ones that you get the silly hats out of? Yeah. So that was kind of fun to do that. But but yeah, we had mimosas, and I kissed my mate, and I kissed somebody else's mate, you know, stuff like that. On the lips? Yes. Who did you, were you drunk? Well, he was complaining that he wasn't going to get any action. So I was like, fine, there you go. You're going to oh, get smooched. This sounds kind of like emergency makeout procedures. Uh, something like that, because he couldn't have his boyfriend. I, I, I did have those. emergency makeout procedures happen once. Huh? I love those. Em- emergency makeouts? Yes. Yes. I had a friend that, because I had a, I somehow acquired a stalker for my first suit years and years ago at FC, <laughs> and he kept appearing. So finally, I told my right. Grubby paws. And grubby or grabby, both. Uh, and so I told him, I was like, if this kid shows up, we're going to have to do an, an emergency makeout procedures. Yeah, that so, was, that, I think that was 10. That was like the first year at the Failmont. Yep. And so showed up and I was like, okay, grab him. Just, we went to town. Sometimes you got to do what you got to do. What else did you do? I also, well, I'm also saying goodbye this next week to my, my fifth roommate. So goodbye. Hey, he's a visitor from Boston. So it was great to have him. It was Mr. Dr. Fox. Mr. Doctor, Dr. Professor. Dr. Professor from Ho Chi Minh City (laughs) School of Medicine. What's this pleading the fifth? That's what it was. (laughs) My fifth roommate. Bye-bye. Oh. (laughs) And then cookies. Oh, yeah. Just because. Did you eat a cookie this week? I did. What'd you eat? I ate tons of cookies and I shouldn't because, you know, I have, you know, stuffs you that do, I have to make sure that Are you trying to I... grow back boobs? No, I don't want to grow back boobs. Why are you grabbing your front boobs? Oh, no, these are my moobs. People, <laughs> you have to make sure that this is very clear because already everybody thinks that I'm a girl <laughs> talking to you. So it's very important to spell that out. So... I'm a man. I have a penis. Tugs, how are you? Good. Put your pants on. I uh, do have my pants on. Uh, you ruin all my fun. Uh, I. It's only been a week since we recorded, so not a lot has happened, but I also had a good New Year in which I proceeded to get drunk to the point of almost puking, but thanks to past experience, I knew where my limit was, so I just started drinking water. Yay! Right? And then we played, thanks to, because Corey was there, we played Two Minutes to Midnight which is an eight-minute song uh, before midnight. It was good. Uh, and it was a glow light party, so it was a lot of fun. Glow light. I say glow light, but I mean black light. Uh, speaking of glow light, if you have a glow light and it hasn't broken, congrats, because mine did, so I had to go replace it with a Kindle. Uh, and also, I'm getting ready for FC, which I'm leaving for very, very soon. Yay. Tomorrow, people start arriving in my house for the road trip. Does that mean that you're going to market some things for me? 
I might mark some things for you, but I'm not going to market <laughs> things for you. How's that sound? Do we got a deal? Oh, okay. No? You sound really bummed. But Anthrocon needs to, you know, everybody needs to know about that. Speaking of Anthrocon, we are happy to tell you that later on in the episode, we will have a very special announcement that they are actually making on our show. So a so world first for us. stay tuned for that. Yes, very important if you're at all interested in local furry cons or you want to see what the hell those weirdos in Utah are doing, right? Yep, exactly. Let's do this thing. Hey, 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 it's Rooster time. All right, everybody, it's yeah, time. It's time. Here's my cookie, and I'm all prepared. Some men dream of fortunes. Others dream of cookies. In bed with a cookie. Wait, wait, like like he's in the bed, and like he has like a cookie. <laughs> it's like a family guy thing. Like he has a cookie next to him, and then he's like, hey, I'm dreaming about cookies. And the cookie's like, I'm dreaming about men. <laughs> like, how does this work? <laughs> That's awesome. Well, if you want Rue to read your cookies, send them to Rue at ForWhatIt'sWorth.com. Cookies or fortunes? Fortunes. Fortunes. You sorry. the music. Good I will job. read the cookies. <laughs> <laughs> I, even the music was like, what? Yeah, the music's like, peace, I'm out. Wait. This is the first time hearing about this. No, like, if you see a funny fortune, tweet it to us at ForWhatIt'sWorth.com or send it to us at cast at ForWhatIt'sWorth.com. That would be awesome. Yeah. Our Twitter name is not at for what it's worth. I mean, that, it's just that, at for what it's worth. That one was a handwritten fortune that was provided by the internet I, that I, I actually thought was funny. And I'm like, yeah, I'm just going to throw that in there. The interwebs dream of cookies in bed with cookies. I mean, welcome back from break. We hope you enjoyed your potty break, all five seconds of it. We have a wonderful guest who, believe it or not, has not been on our show before because there are more than seven people in the world and six listeners. Woo! Woo! We're going up in the world. Yeah. By up, you mean towards China from the United States? Yes. So, uh, Mr. Guest, who are you? I go by the name Rez. As in resolution? As in anti-resonance. Get by that microphone, baby. There you go. Eat it. Eat it. It is. It is a. It's a nice fleshy thing. Um, no, <laughs> no, that makes our guest feel uncomfortable. No, mate, he's grinning. This is good. <laughs> so, what species are you? A wolf. A wolf. Are you a black wolf? A white wolf? A gray wolf. Rather plain and unadorned. So, how long have you been in the Phantom? I discovered the furry fandom back in '99. So, 16 years. Oh, wow. Shit. So how did you find the fandom? What's was, your story? Were you looking for porn? <laughs> <laughs> I was looking for uh, cartoon artwork when I stumbled across it. What kind of cartoon artwork? I'm not really sure. <laughs> <laughs> tugs, tugs. Not everybody gets involved in the fandom because of porn. Right. That's if just your reason. You're right. Eunuchs don't. What? No, I was I was looking specifically for pictures of cartoon animals, and I came across the site that talked about anthropomorphic and furry, and I 
then searched for furry. I think I was using Hotbot for my search engine back oh, then. Oh, God, Hotbot. And then I found all these websites like Fur Nation and Yurf, and I thought, oh, my gosh, I've discovered my people. How is, has time been good to you and your people? Yes, because I survived through the whole Vanity Fair MTV thing, and I'm still here today. CSI. CSI. Oh, my gosh. The CSI. How many cons have you been to since 1999? I didn't start going to furry cons until 2010. How do you justify those 11 years? No, I'm just kidding. You don't have to. The real question we have is how are you involved in video games? I have been working as a video game developer for 15 years now. What... Um, what games can you tell us that you've worked on? Or, uh, or systems? How about that? I, my first job, I was working on the Game Boy Color. Uh, but then I moved on to the PlayStation 2, the GameCube, and everything since then. Awesome. So you've been in the industry for how many years again? 15. So in other words, he knows his stuff. There you go. That's his credibility. <laughs> <laughs> Let's not be subtle or anything, okay? Okay? <laughs> well... We're happy that you've decided to come on for some torture. We've got plenty of it in store for you, I promise. Um, I'm assuming you haven't listened to the show before, just your your lovely wife. Uh, no, I have not. Good. Well, you are in for a treat, and so are we. So let's kick things off. We have uh, put out a request for emails from our listeners. And we got so many emails. Like our, our inbox it's is like, like exploded. Video games or something. I don't um, know why. I guess this is the reason why we've done this topic like three times. Well, I don't know what we're going to call the next one because we did video games and super video games. Now we're at video game 64. Well, and he has to be GameCube video games. They didn't have a thing video- like that. Maybe we'll just jump right over to Wii. Is, but the GameCube is a big part. No, we can just call it video games one. <laughs> okay. Oh, we'll just call it video games infinity. The point. The point is, we love our audience as usual. You guys come through. I love it. I really do because we just don't. I mean, we put out the call for emails and you respond. We aren't desperate like some podcasts out there can get. Anyway, whatever. You're on Twitter. You're always be- <laughs> just kidding. So let's talk about Hondrick Rokan's email. I will kick it off. How's that? Sounds great because I don't have it right now. Yeah. Thank you, iPad. So. He says, there are so many video games that inspired me to become a furry, but the main video game that turned me into a furry was Final Fantasy II, the 20th anniversary PSP edition. I remember when Final Fantasy II was real. Anyway, you see, I ran into a lot of werewolves back in Kashuan Keep. The picture of the werewolves were cool and awesome. Of course, there are many palette swaps of the creature called a demon wolf. They were just awesome, all caps. Well, their looks and the gameplay were the main reason why I am a furry and why my fursona uses magic. Signed, Hondrick Overcon. Did you put, do you put, you don't do Final Fantasies, do you? No. I've I played some of them, but... Two? So, I'm assuming he's talking about the real numbering, not the pretend US numbering that we've discarded since. Uh, I have not played that one, but it sounds like one of the characters that have been continuous in the series, because they always share the character base. Bestiary gets expanded, but it's shared. So, Square, you made a furry. Dun, dun, dun. You know, I really do have that, right? We'll play it. Uh, you gotta play it. It's not gonna happen. Oh, go ahead and read the next email. Thanks for the email. If you need to, you can zoom in. Okay. Pinch a loaf or pinch to zoom in. Either one works. So, uh, this is an email. It reads, uh, Hi, Koru, Tugs, Rue, and Firebreath. 
Yes, I wasn't paying attention, and I forgot to send you what I'm grateful for, and love the cursing world theme at a couple of a uh, couple of episodes back. Cursing? Oh, cruising world theme. Oh, oh yeah, I did use that a few episodes ago. Cursing that's a world. cursing world. I kind of want it to. That's be what followed. it reads: the cursing world. <laughs> <laughs> cruising world. Just hearing the number and and sixty four. I'm already thinking about video games here. Just hearing the number 64 makes me think of my N64. Traveling through time and slaying the evil of Ganondorf with Link and an Ocarina of Time. Flying with the best in Star Fox 64. Saving the world as James Bond and Goldeneye, my personal favorite. Saving Banjo's little sister from Gruntilda and defeating her sisters in Banjo-Kazooie and Banjo-Tooie. And last but not least, hunting dinosaurs and defeating the evil Primogen with Turok Trilogy. It was my first system and brought me into the world of gaming. Being a young gamer with my parents constantly working video games had big impacts. None more so than Ocarina of Time. It helped me with helped me with summon all my courage to defeat courage and defeat whatever evil lays in the dark. It also reminds me of the best of memories I had with my cousins and uncles. Since my tios, uncles, were only three years older than me at the time, there was always games aplenty. Every major holiday, we would spend our hours playing one game that whole night. Super Smash, Goldeneye, Turok made some amazing times. Our thumbs were sore and red from the analog stick, but we wouldn't have had it any other way. So many Easter's, Thanksgiving's, Christmases, and New Year's Eve, we would constantly be playing and changing our systems. N64, Super Smash, PS2, Dragon Ball Z, Xbox, Halo, 360, Halo Reach. With our family gamer group of five, we soon lost one. Last year, my T.O. Danny was in a car accident and passed away. At least he passed away young, the age of 23. Even now we bring Super Smash Brothers to play in honor of our gaming TO and gaming tradition. Sorry that got a bit heavy, but I can't bring up N64 without thinking of him. One less, dep- one less depressing note, I have played Star Fox Adventures and boy did it break my furry little heart. At the same, at the same time goes Banjo-Kazooie Nuts and Bolts, just right into my childhood. At least I can play the real Banjo-Kazooie or Star Fox. Guess with a couple of combo Guess with a combo of uh, Banjo-Kazooie and Star Fox implant thoughts of furry in my young mind. Oh, and forgot about Conker's Bad Fur Day. That was a real gem that I can't wait to get my paws on. Don't know what to do. I don't know what to end this, but cookies. Sincerely yours, Leo the Artist. Yay, cookies! Postscript. P.S. After a long several attempts, I got it right in my mind. If you guys need anything drawn, I'm always here. This. Oh my gosh! Picture... This is the most amazing picture ever. You got the little curl on your tail, right? Look at this. <laughs> so, if you guys remember a couple of episodes ago, I ended up asking something to be drawn, and I, you know, it was a long time ago, and I don't know. I just kind of threw it out there, and I was like, oh, well, maybe somebody will catch this. I don't know. But, um, but yeah, my wishes came true. Basically, you know, truckers or whatever that you've seen, Calvin and Hobbes, uh, or um, sorry, Calvin, and he's usually like pissing on Ford or like pissing on something. Basically, it's Rue that's pissing on a house with fire. Because <laughs> you pee fire. Yes, I pee fire. So, yeah, there you go. Yay. <laughs> I know, disturbing. It's disturbing, but it's so awesome. I made it my profile picture on facebook already oh my god really that's great yes it's awesome so returning to the email how did you how Thank you. T- share us your thoughts that's what we normally do is usually the reader gets to go first good games i i played uh conquer's bad for a that was a very aggravating game 
God, wasn't it? I, I don't think I've yelled more at a video game than that one. The Great Pooh. The Great Mighty Pooh. <laughs> yeah. I actually have the Uncensored song, and occasionally I will just play it randomly. <laughs> um, did you do Ocarina of Time? I did not. You haven't played the greatest video game of all time, according <gasps> to Metacritic. Super Metroid, my favorite game of all time. Okay, you're redeemed. <laughs> he, he had a lot of good games in there. I was like, oh... Oh, my little nostalgic heart is beating. You know what? He didn't mess. He didn't say Majora's Mask. Because Majora's Mask sucks. I like Majora's Mask, the, but I like Warcraft of Time a little better. If you ever better. make a game that you could make this decision on, don't put a time limit in like that. I don't like it. I want to be able to look at the world. The worlds are beautiful but in it's Zelda, and it's all doom. yeah. I can't look around because what am I paying the sixty bucks for again? So I can just run around and not appreciate the art. It's just. The mechanic. 50 bucks at the time, I guess. Were games once 40 bucks? Yes. Was that the NES? I think they were like 30 bucks. Even 20 bucks. Yeah, in the bargain bin. No, like brand new NES games were... I mean, we look at 20 bucks nowadays like it's nothing, but... I look at 20 bucks like like, that's a few meals. Well, right, but... I I saved up for two months so I could spend $40 and buy a Mega Man 2. Oh, there you go. Well, dude, let's talk about Banjo-Kazooie. Like, isn't it horrible what's happened to him and his franchise? Like, seriously, his franchise would still exist if the whole Rare situation didn't go down. Do fill in those who aren't aware. Uh, Basically, long story short, something happened between Nintendo and Rare, and Rare moved over, was bought out by Microsoft basically and now and basically microsoft just shat on them yeah and so rare is gone and and the people that own banjo and kazooie is microsoft and they don't want to do anything with them they did put him in the first sonic racing game Ooh. or maybe it was a second no it was the first one well because um, what they were hoping for is they were hoping oh all of the fans of banjo kazooie oh they'll just fall they'll buy this game because he's in it but and then they tried to do nuts and bolts and I, I heard people were quite disappointed on that. But you know what he did mention? Speaking of rare, Goldeneye. Yeah, well, it, that was probably the first um, successful. Correct me if I'm wrong. First successful first-person shooter. No, I don't know if it was first-person, but I think it was the first successful movie-based video game, wasn't it? Is there one before that that's really popular? Top Gun. No one played that. I've never even heard of that. Dude, that now. was an arcade title. No, that, console. Dude, I still have the NES cartridge. Yes, Top Gun was the thing. But then Sega's Afterburner kicked its ass. And Actually, I think Doom is, isn't it? No, the movie Doom came well after Doom. Yeah. I don't remember. Our guest is sitting there with some used thoughtful <laughs> expression. Are you, are you digging through video games based on movies now? Yeah, I'm trying to think if there are any I played there any good prior to Goldeneye. I don't recall any. I want to see a Qbert movie. <laughs> <laughs> That's called Wreck-It Ralph. Speaking of Wreck-It Ralph, that is a great movie. Is that not like the best thing Disney's done ev- for ever and ever? Like just just for the nerdy stuff. I mean, I get that it's not like super like crazy, but it was cool they had some nostalgic characters in there. They got lots of characters licensed into there. Hmm? What, uh, what game was that? No, movie, Wreck-It Ralph. Oh, yeah. Oh, totally. Ah, uh, so many good memories. Actually, I have a GoldenEye story. When I when I was a child, 
and I was in high school, they had the, the lock-in. I don't know if this is just unique to where I was or what, but you could stay in school all night. It was like the big school sleepover. And I brought in my 64, and we played the hell out of GoldenEye and Perfect Dark. It's just the best. Do you want to do the next email, Rue? I'm... Yes, I do. Oh, yeah, I do. Hey, guys. It's Fido? Fido. Fido. Fido what? is something you... <laughs> I like Fido. I do, too, but that's not his name. I like scones. I like Fido when they put a hole in the middle and glaze on top. Well, anyways, hi guys, <laughs> it's... <sighs> My ego has been deflated already. You didn't have any inflation, anyway. <laughs> but I like that. <laughs> Alright, here we go. So, hey guys, it's Fido again. This is my topic, uh, more, more my speed. I've been a gamer since the age of the original Nintendo, and have progressed through the consoles and handhelds throughout the years. While I have made my most recent um, venture gaming on the PC, I have never let go of the classics from the N64, such as Orcarina of Time, Super Mario 64, Diddy Kong Racing, Mario Kart 64, and always unforgettable Super Smash Brothers. Emulators help with nostalgia. I can't say it was my introduction to the fandom, but the occasional furry character puts a smile on my face. As of lately, I've, I've made myself quite an asshole on <laughs> Advanced Warfare, and I'm quickly pushing um, for Major League Gaming with the gaming community that recruited me. On that note, I don't have any questions on the matter, but if you want, if you ever want a first-hand look at what a cross-generation platform gamer is like, is like, feel free to hit me up. To Koru, Tugs, and Rue, keep up the badass job on the podcast and have a great year. You will, you will hear more from me um, given that there is almost nothing to do without... Um, ah, wow. I almost made it through the email. <laughs> You'll more... You'll hear... <clears throat> wow, I can't read today. You will hear more from me given that there is almost nothing to do out in the West except work and game. West Happy Texas. What? West Texas. Yes. Happy New Year's, guys. Fido. The Cabot. Orcarino. What or a whale of a game. Orcarino. Is that what I said, Orcarino? Yeah, you said Orcarino. Oh, my time. gosh. Orcarina, I know my own games. Do you have something that can play GameCube discs? Yes. No, no. Oh. I know what you have. Okay, sorry. Gosh, no. Do I? No, I don't. I, I broke my GameCube. Do you have a Wii? <gasps> oh. No. Wow. I'm, just, I'm feeling like I need to let you borrow one of my hundred copies of Ocarina of Time. Or Orcarina of Time, if you prefer. Orcarina. Um, because it, it is it is what defines storytelling in a video game for at least the last... Oh, man. Almost 20 years now. 
I feel old. Well, I, I like that he touched upon emulators because I could I could talk about that for a long time. You emulate? Do you emulate? I wrote an emulator. For the Super NES. Did you write SNES 9X? Was it ZSNES? No, I act, I uh, wrote the uh, SPC 700 emulator and actually worked with the author of SNES 9X trying to get my code into his product. But his that emulator was written in C and my code was all written in assembly and it never quite meshed right. But what's cool. What's your favorite Super Nintendo game? I told you that's uh, Super Metroid. Super Metroid, that's right. I'm a dummy. That's your all-time and your Super Nintendo. Yeah. What about your favorite 64 game? Hmm. Soon to be Ocarina of Time, but until then. Uh, the games I played the most on that were probably just the classics, Mario 64 and GoldenEye. But what? I said I did play Conker's Bad Fur Day on that as well. What's your favorite regular Nintendo? Regular? Original? Original like, Nintendo. Yes, Do you have a regular Nintendo? Is it constipated? <laughs> Like I said earlier, I, I saved up for two months to buy uh, Mega Man 2, and that game had value to me because it, it took a lot of sacrifice to get, and I mastered that game. Um, so that I always remember that one as being one of my favorites, but I also liked, on um, the original NES, I liked uh, Castlevania 2. It was a good game. A lot of people like that. And Super Mario Brothers 3. Yay! Did you go watch The Wiz? I, I did. did. The wizard. <laughs> it's the wizard. The wizard. The, that the, thing. The wizard. The, the power glove. It's so bad. That one. Well, in that movie was. All, it also took place in Utah, which was even better. So. Do I need to get my power glove? Go. Yeah, on break. Go get your power glove. Okay. <laughs> Thank you for the email, Fido. And before we go to break, we have one more email from Kira. I've got it. Awesome. It. She can't stop laughing. She says, "Any whore, you have no idea how happy I am." I didn't know people would use it so much. I smile like a dumbass every time I hear it, even more if Rue reads it. So, Kara, just for you, before I keep going, Rue is going to say any whore three times like he's summoning the any whore Beetlejuice. Any whore. Any whore. Any whore! Sounds like you said any whore, not any whore. Any whore. <laughs> like an any belly button. Okay. <laughs> anyway, I have been so busy, I didn't get a chance to send an email for the last episode. I guess I'm grateful for the fans of FUWA for using the phrase I wrote randomly because I felt like it. I hope it continues forever. Well, audience, you've heard a request. I'm also grateful for every time you read my emails and respond. Every time. It makes me so happy to know that I can always get my questions answered and that there are always at least three pairs of fan ears who will hear me and perhaps by asking the question I can help someone else. Thank you so much for listening. Now on to the topic, games. Well, as a child, we, my family, owned a Sega Genesis, so I played Sonic, Bubsy, and my favorite game, Rocket Knight Adventures. If you have not played the game, please do. I think I started drawing animals because of Rocket Knight, but I don't think that was my furry awakening. I cannot say anything gaming affected me becoming a furry. <laughs> I don't even know what... Sorry. Rocket Sorry. Knight Adventures just sounds... Uh, no, well, that's not what I was it's laughing not Red about. Rocket Knight Adventures. What? I'm just thinking the words of furry awakening. Like Link's awakening? Uh, no. <laughs> I did, it's a fur awakening. I didn't really even become a gamer until college, and even then it was just casual. I do not choose my games based off the characters since I have a very specific subgenre I like, and not many consoles that I can use, sad face. I can't think of anything else to say. Looking forward to the next episode, Kira the Fox, Feliz Año Nuevo. Not Ano, but Año. This is different. 
thank you so much for emailing us. Like, I really, really love your love your emails. I know, yeah. I know, and I, I really do. She wrote us. Yeah, we have to clue our guest in. She wrote us episodes and episodes ago, and she just put any whore in, and we kind of stopped. And we're like, did she just put any whore? Did she purposely do that? Yeah, and like everyone has used it in every episode since, at least once. Like everybody that writes us now is like any whore. So there you go. So it's became a thing, just like. Well, Wisconsin, Texas, which is now gone. Wisconsin, Texas is still there. It is in the burning hearts of your fans. Next to Califato. Yep. <laughs> Califato. Califato. I love your geography. All right, who here played Sonic? Me. Me. One, two, three. Whoa. Who's played Sonic lately? No one. Good. <laughs> No! Oh, my hands up. I still have all those consoles. No, we're talking about the latest Sonics. Well, yeah, I've played this. Hey, time. do you still have my Sonic colors? I do. Okay, that's, that's, that's colors. That's <laughs> copy. Hey, Corey, when you come over to my house, I'll give you your game back. Well, how about you come over to my work? That works. Yeah. So, I'll give you a tour. Have you played Sonic colors? Uh, no. Oh, uh, you missed out. Again, if you had a Wii, <laughs> you need a Wii. Or a, Wii, a Wii U. A Wii U can play Wii. Wee wee, wee wee. Okay. Wee wee. I, I the best Sonic game of the last decade was Sonic Generations, hands down. Did you did you do that one at least? No. I'm giving you a copy somehow. What do you what what can you play games on? I have a PlayStation Three, PlayStation Four. Do you have a PC with games? I do. Do you Steam? No. How do you even game, bro? <laughs> <laughs> He's laughing. Do you even game, bro? Do you do you? Much game? No, I actually don't play very many video games because uh, I have a family that occupies all of my time. Has, has being a developer actually burned you out on playing video games? games? Yeah, unfortunately it has. I, I play, I don't necessarily play games, but I work on games all day. We get and, to test them. And, and then I come home and I just don't really feel like picking up a controller anymore. Well, you- so give give advice to those people that are like, I want to be a video game tester. Wait. Wait, let's let's get his answer after break because it is time for break. So we'll get that on the other side. Fair enough? Fair enough? Good, good. Okay. All right, all right. So enjoy your space news. We will be back. Hailing Frequencies Open, Smokescale Aquatus here with the first batch of news of the new year for you. As of Saturday, January 10th, 2015, here are your space headlines. Within the last week, the Kepler telescope detected eight new exoplanets. This brings the total of confirmed extrasolar planets detected by the telescope up to just over 1,000. Most of these are gas giants, but a few of these recent ones are much smaller, and all eight of them are within the Goldilocks zone of their star. That means they're at just the right distance from their star to be able to have liquid water running on the surface, provided they're rocky, like Earth. Two of these planets aren't that much bigger than our own blue ball. One is about a third larger than Earth, the other is only 12% larger. They both orbit red dwarfs, so they can be much closer than we are to the Sun, making their orbits much shorter. Because these two are so close to Earth in respect to size, there's a very good chance they could be solid rather than gas. This gives rise to the possibility that Earth-like planets could be more common among the galaxy than previous thought. 
Kepler continues to provide some very exciting insights into the galaxy, even though it's meant to aim at only one specific spot in the sky, and it's doing so well beyond its expected ability to. In the almost six years it's been in space, it's lost two of the four reaction wheels meant to keep it stable and pointed at the correct spot in space. Through careful use of the two remaining wheels and its attitude control thrusters, Kepler has found new use and extended life. Here's to another six years of discovery. Recently, Virgin Galactic officially made public that they're continuing to push forward with the development of the Spaceship 2 platform. The second vehicle was already under construction prior to the tragic accident that destroyed the first Spaceship 2 back in October and killed one of the pilots. The investigation is still ongoing, but the assembly timetable has been restructured to allow for the findings to adjust the design. Virgin Galactic intends to use whatever the final report details to modify, refit, or in other ways improve the design to prevent such an accident from happening again. Richard Branson went on record as saying he began to doubt whether or not they should be backing such an endeavor. After hearing from the employees and customers, his doubts were erased and redoubled his commitment to pushing for consumer-level spaceflight. The biggest news, however, comes from SpaceX. Just a few hours ago, the Dragon capsule atop Falcon 9 was launched from Cape Canaveral to resupply the ISS. The launch was a success, and Dragon will rendezvous with the ISS early Monday morning. It's great to see it perform so well after having its launch pushed back twice. What is more interesting is the attempt to recover the first stage. A drone-controlled barge with a football field-sized platform parked itself 200 miles off the coast from Canaveral, waiting to catch the booster. In spite of it being night with thick, low cloud cover, the primary stage performed its braking burns and made contact. Unfortunately, it was a hard landing. Instead of the gentle, slow, propulsive touchdown we all hoped for, the 14-story rocket crashed into the barge. Because it was so dark, there isn't any terribly good footage of the incident from onboard cameras. Reports indicate, however, that the four fin grids designed to improve aerodynamic stability ran out of hydraulic fuel and failed. That wasn't the only problem to be sure, but that's all that's been released thus far, and they were able to collect most if not all of the wreckage on the barge itself, which performed very well and will need only minor refurbishing. Elon Musk tweeted close but no cigar, and went on to say that while it's disappointing it didn't work, it was only about a 50% chance that it would. And the flight and attempt taught them a lot. There are 12 more launches scheduled throughout 2015, and Musk says that there is a very high probability, 80-90%, that one of those will be a perfectly executed landing. The next flight, they intend the first stage to carry half again as much hydraulic fluid for the fins as before, and will no doubt make other slight modifications to the Falcon 9. This is just a small stepping stone towards landing on solid ground and moving to a refurbish and reuse program for the spent bottom stage. That's all we've got for you this time. For more news about space and space-related matters, follow NASA, SpaceX, and the Kepler program on Twitter, Facebook, and other social media. Until next time, this is Smokescale Aquatus saying keep looking up, space fans. This episode of For What It's Worth is brought to you by Pawstar. They wanted to let you know that they focus, or that they focus, I can do this right. They wanted to let you know that they focus on custom clothing and accessories for the cosplay and furry communities, and they are now launching custom Kigurumis. Uh, they also do custom ears and tails. 
If you, the For What It's Worth listener, want to get in on some hot Kigurumi action, you need a Kigurumi to do that. Just go ahead and order it from them, and they have a promo code just for you. It's for what, and you get ten percent off your order. They love you. Yay! So, thank you, Pawstar, for sponsoring this episode. If you want to order something, go to forwhatitsworth.com slash Pawstar or Pawstar.com. So, let's continue with, what did you ask? Advice. Well, my question was purely on on the basis. I mean, you know, we, we, all, anybody we all that, talk into the microphone. Anybody that plays video games, you know, has this dream to think about... What would it be like if I made a video game? And like dreamy, like little clouds pop up in their head and they think about, you know, what would it be like? So you've experienced it. Has it popped your bubble? Uh, yes, I, I had the dream when I was a teenager and I was a huge video game. Did fan. you have a dream cast? No, oh, yes, I did not have a dream cast. I was waiting for the PlayStation 2. I was holding out. Um. You know, and I thought, oh, you know, people that make video games, they're like gods. You know, I, I knew I wanted to be a computer programmer, but to actually make video games was my dream job. And uh, and, and when I got into that, I found it's, it's not anything like what you would think it is. You know, making games and playing games are two completely separate things. Not to say that I don't enjoy what I do, but uh, you, pe- you, know, you tell people, oh, I make video games, and, and they hear you play video games all day. And it's like, no, I, I, I play with a video game that's half complete and broken, and it's my job to fix it. You know, that's <laughs> so that's not nearly as glamorous as it sounds. No. Is it is it rewarding for you as a developer then? Because you obviously know people who play the things you work on now when they go, I loved it or I hated it or they find out that you worked on it and they like they had been gushing about it. How do, how do you feel like do you get like a good, strong emotional reaction out of that? Or are you just like, oh, God, I hate thinking about work. No, um, if, if somebody comes up to me and they recognize a game that I've worked on and they talk about how much they like playing it, that's that's probably the biggest reward of working on it, to find out that I made something that another person actually enjoys. That's that's the best. We can say, by the way, that you don't work for Nintendo, but if you could, would you go there? I've heard they're one of the best development houses to work under. Uh, I almost applied for a job at Nintendo one time, and I chickened out, and I probably shouldn't have. If Are anyone you- who works at Nintendo knows how to get you in, you should write us and let us know. We'll hook you up. <laughs> Please. Anyway. So they, they, okay, so let's say that you could take yourself, okay? I, I know I just asked that question, but let's rephrase it just a little bit. Let's say that you could take yourself, that, that young man that had this dream, and give him some advice. What would you say? Run! <laughs> <laughs> What advice would I give myself? Well, I already made it into the industry, so I, I couldn't give me advice on how to get in. Uh, then how about somebody that wants to get in then? You know, I get asked that question a lot from people that, you know, how can I get a job in there? Um, in, in video games nowadays, most of the staff are going to be like artists, animators, modelers, stuff like that. So if if you're artistic, you probably have a better chance of getting in, I would think, because there's just more employees. Um, if you're a programmer... You need to know old school programming techniques. Uh, video games are written in C++, sometimes a little bit of assembly. There's no Java or any, any newer high-level languages, although there is some, some scripting, like we use Lua to do our, our game logic. Um, so if you can somehow um, set yourself apart by learning, uh, becoming very proficient in C++, that would be my advice for a programmer. Nice. 
I'm going to send you an AOL disc. But meantime, Hachi <laughs> sent us an email. Take it away. Hello there, cast of For What It's Worth. Hachi here. I hope all four of you fuzz butts, plus any critters standing or sitting by, are having a great day. Are you having a great day? I am having a good day because it is Friday. Very, very good, very good. So, furries and video games. I'm not talking about your Mario the Fursuiter or your Sonic Star Foxes and Crash Bandicoots. I already knew of those before joining the fandom. There's two other games I found after I joined that have anthro characters which have really stood out to me. The first one is Dust, an Elysian Tale. That game's been probably talked to death, but it's my turn now. I found the game while I was looking through Wikifur's video game page. I wanted to play games that had furry characters as I had just gotten a huge interest in them. And one of the first games I came across was Dust. I read about the game and looked through the stills and other stuff to see if I was interested. I was instantly drawn to it when I saw a few screenshots of the game, which looked amazing. Then I read that the game had voice acting, and I told myself I have to play it. Luckily, it was for PC. Once I was able to, I downloaded it and started playing it. It was tough for me to get the hang of the controls, but once I got that down, I could not stop playing. It looks beautiful, it sounds beautiful, it plays very well, and everything is voice acted. I just thought the game was awesome. I'm about halfway through the game, and I've just been so impressed with how big the game is. The world you've been put into and the story you're trying to unravel and progress through is just awesome. It didn't sound... I didn't like the hero has amnesia motive at first, but the fact that the sword knows more than he tells you and says he'll tell you all in due time, all the time, but I've gotten used to it. The second game is Solo to Robo, Red the Hunter. This game was mentioned in an email sent to you guys which Rue had a hard time pronouncing, but I managed to understand it enough to be able to look it up. I've only played a few hours of it, but I really like it. The art style is like anime and the concept is pretty cool. You play as a dog named Red who flies with his sister on an airship and go do missions while inside of a huge robot that you use to fight in tournaments or enemies by picking them up and throwing them. The little I've played doesn't tell much of the story, but so far this game's pretty good. I still look for other games that might interest me, but so far those are the only two that I've liked which I've found by searching for games with furry characters. Though there are a few which are in development that I've found kind of interesting to say the least. Maybe one day furries who are into game development will, like, will make lots of games for furries about furries and we'll get to see more of that stuff. But until then, I'll try and finish the two games which I've already started. Until my next email, Hachi Shibaru. Thank you for sending that in. I love dust. But more importantly, your opinion gets to be first. My opinion? Yes. You read the email. I have not played that game. Oh, we're gonna die. We're gonna. I have, have actually. I have. I, I when Steve, when that game goes on sale, when dust goes on sale, I buy extra copies and keep them in my Steam inventory to give to people. I gave you one. No, I bought my copy. Thank you. Oh, who did I give it to? Anyway, that's not know. important right now. So you need Steam yesterday, and I'll give you this <laughs> game for free because it's amazing. It is fantastic. It like is, for it a, is pretty awesome for a furry game. Like for I, a furry I, game. No, no, no. I, I have reservations with furry games because there are bad ones like Fur Fighters. Oh, my God. But this game is actually just phenomenal. Well, here, here's a question. Okay, so you're a PlayStation owner, right? Yes. Okay. Do you subscribe to the PlayStation Plus? Plus? No. Okay. All right. Well, you can download this game. Is Dust on the PlayStation now? Yes, it oh, is. It, it, really? Because Microsoft owns it, I thought. N- no. No, Dust is on PlayStation now. Oh. So it was there. It was actually a featured um if you were like a gold member, you got it for free. Um but you can buy it for like like 15 bucks or something. So, it's a good game. Yeah, I think I bought it on a Steam sale when it was like 3 or 4 bucks and it's I am not disappointed. In fact, my roommate's playing it right now 
I know that for a fact. Yeah, Microsoft was the original publisher for that game. That's really strange. I didn't even know it came out on PS4. Yeah. Huh. Yeah, it came out actually in October. So you should you should it actually is really good like i know you don't want to go home and play video games because you have a family that takes up all your time well it, it's not that i don't want to play video <laughs> games i just don't have time to do it anymore um, I, I could see this capturing the family like for the story it gets pretty crazy i'll so. I'll, I'll i'll check it out <laughs> register today um <laughs> yeah you know what i can't remember who it was that said salato robo but wasn't that in our first video game episode or was that the second one i'm not completely sure but i, th- I butchered the name salato robo yeah, that's come up uh, now twice, and I always remember it because it's such an unusual name, and I still haven't played it. I'm really sorry. We should look it up and play it. I think we can all agree that the fall or the fall, the holiday season is the hardest on the wallet when it comes to games. It is. It is very oh hard, God. especially when Steam has a sale. Anyhow, thank you, Hachi. Well, we have another email from Killingsworth. He says, "Hello, everyone. I'm Killingsworth, a Tanuki owner." Wait, is that correct? Yeah. Yeah. And operator of Killing Worthy um, Insane... Uh, oh, Killing Worthy Insane Asylum. Killings Worthy. Not just one killing. There are multiple killings. Hi, Fire Breath. Koru. He spelled it C-O-R-U. He says, please don't hit him. No, oh, that's okay. <laughs> Rue and Tugs. I'm still the last one. Well, you know what? It's okay. Uh, it's Okay. <laughs> When I heard you were doing another video game episode, I knew I had to email you. Sorry if it was late. Actually, you were you did a great job. Um, video games were an extremely heavy influence in me, blooming into um, a furry little tanuki. I have become Pokemon. <laughs> okay, okay, okay. Whoa, 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 whoa. Let me help you out. Video games were an extremely heavy influence in blooming into the little furry tanuki I have become. Pokemon, continue. Pokemon was extremely popular during my childhood and for a reason that at the time I could not put my finger on. I always enjoyed the notion of being a Pokemon. The, the cute, um, seemingly um, sentient Pokemonsters caught something in my eight-year-old mind and wouldn't refuse to let go. Wait, 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 wait. It did go. I'm just helping you. I'm, I'm not trying to be a, a butt, I promise. I would play Pokemon with my friends at school. And we would pretend to be Pokemon. So when Pokemon Mystery Dungeon came out, I imagined um, my absolute hysteria. I love that game, by the way. That Pokemon game was just amazing. I played the ROM for it, and I'm like, I want to be a Pokemon too. (laughs) So I completely understand where you're coming from. I told my cousin why I was so interested in the game and why I thought it was cool. And she then um, pointed me to the furry fandom. She too was a furry and led me by the paw at the age of 11, I think, into the furry beast that is the furry fandom. Sorry for a really long email. Love the podcast. Enjoy virtual cookies. P.S. The attached picture of my fursona furry license um, was 
was not my making. It was made by my friend Hachi. So he sent us a little picture. We're going to all view it. It's from California, apparently. That's his little furry license. I like that Hachi is being mentioned in this email. How suspicious. And he sent us a virtual Pokemon cookies. Nom, 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 nom. Those do look good. They do. Little Pikachus are like waving and saying hi. Hachi, you have earned one referral point. They're like, eat me. (laughs) How's the name spelled? H-I-T-A-C-H-I. I I think you're lying. (laughs) What did I spell? Figure it out. See you later. Rue, you said you wanted to be a Pokemon? Me? Yeah. Well, I, I just thought it was really cool that the story was about a human boy that ends up oh it's a transformation theme yeah it's oh, a trans- oh yeah did, you, did was there a tail bursting out of pants totally no really was there no do you wish maybe <laughs> of course of course so um anyways i really appreciated this email thank you so much for sending it in um pokemon is awesome um you know that's there's many things I can say about Pokemon, um, but I am kind of spinning around in circles right now, and it's not that I can't think of anything, but all I can think about is Rue is being fire. So, and that's like that's the mainly that's the mainly reason that Rue kind of peace fires because I got in an argument with a with a Pokefur that was like, Pokemon are so amazing, they can do this and this and this, and I was like, well, I can be fire. And then it shut him up. So that's why Rue Peace Fire. There you go. So before <laughs> we go to the next email, I, uh, I did you have any thoughts, by the way? Sorry. I'm just hearing all these people talk about, you know, uh, video games they played and how they got into the, the furry fandom. Uh, what is your earliest memory of playing a, a furry-like video game? Like with a furry in it? Yeah. I love the Tanuki suit in Mario 3. And I was really actually super bothered when Nintendo tried to call the raccoon suit the Tanuki suit, and now they actually corrected it. Um, but yeah, that was my first. I was like, it's kind of cute. But, you know, as a kid, you don't actually process it that way until, you know, you go back and visit the memory. Like in Mario Brothers 3, I would always try to get the, the frog suit because I thought it was, like, awesome. Even though that it was terrible to, like, use anywhere else. all over. Except in the water places, you know? But I would always try to go get the frog suit because I thought it was funny and cute. And, yeah. You want to go old school? Thinking no. of furry being anthropomorphics, meaning giving human characteristics to animals? Did you play E.T.? Duck Hunt. Oh. When Mr. Peepers came out of the grass and laughed at you, that is totally a human That's emotion. A... No, my dog laughs. She's too dumb. <laughs> you know what kind of got me into the furry fandom with as far as, as far as video games? Do you remember the arcade machine of Altered Beast? Oh, oh, oh yes. And like just transforming and of course <laughs> transforming, of course. <laughs> what wait? What's your earliest? Uh, well, I mean, I, I certainly played video games before then that had furry characters, but I remember uh, going to my friend's house and playing Gex. You ever played that game? Oh, oh, yeah. and, and and I couldn't figure out why, but the opening cinematic when he's talking, I just found something oddly erotic about that, and I couldn't figure out why I was so attracted to this talking walking lizard. But you know, it just ooh reruns of Rhoda. Oh my god! Here's <laughs> a fun fact. I love the game. I have it. 
I, I still have it for Cri PS1. Crystal Dynamics was purchased by Eidos. Eidos was purchased by Square. The Through this entire thing, Crystal Dynamics, who did Gex, um, there's a statue of Gex that exists in the basement reception area of Eidos to this day. So they have not forgotten him. Yeah, this Gex is awesome. So Definitely I, up there with the top ten of uh, furry games that I've owned. I debated a top ten for this and, episode. And Bubsy. Like, Bubsy and Gex are definitely up there. So I, before we go to the next email, uh, there is something I found rather interesting. And it is connected to this episode in a way. So I don't know if anyone knows who Xander Mobus is. But Xander Mobus is a 22 or 23. I can't remember. He's in his early 20s. Uh, I almost want to say Pipsqueak, but that's mean. He's just really super young. He's the announcer for Smash Brothers Wii U in 3DS. And it's really weird because he has he's not very big. And then he has this deep voice that's all uh, vibrato. And he's been taking questions from people on the internet. And I decided, hell, why not? I contacted him and tried to see if he would oh, do our show opening today. Plus read the names of everyone who had sent an email so far. He was kind enough to respond and say he wanted to, but he couldn't because Nintendo actually considers the narrator a character. Um, and thus he is contractually prohibited from it. Um, but we did try for you. That being said, and because the last email was about Pokemon, I am going to play this. This is going to suffer. I want to be the very best, like no one ever was. To catch them is my real test, to train them is my cause. Have a travel. That's all you get. I can't, dude. I can't. <laughs> That's really him. That's, That's awesome. really the announcer. Wow. Wow. Uh, if you want to hear that again. Mind blown. <laughs> right. If you want to hear that again, it's on YouTube. Not our YouTube. We don't have one. So, shall we move on? No, that'd be yes. YouTube. Yes. Is you it? have the next email? Uh, I do, from Kane. He says, hello for what it's worth. This is Kane McKeaton again. Video games and furry, something that seems almost inexplicably linked with one another these days. I know for a fact I wouldn't likely be the same furry without their influence. Two video games come to mind as being the biggest influences on me personally. One is the old children's point-and-click adventure game, Myst. I'm absolutely kidding. He said Spy Fox. I've had the good <laughs> I was like, I was like, Myst? That was a terrible game! You're being loud again. Um, no, it's Spy Fox. I've had the good fortune of being able to pick it up uh, all again on Steam. Oh, there's a, it's a series. So all of them on Steam as they were surprisingly released along with the other humongous entertainment games. It was quite enjoyable as a nostalgia trip for me being able to go back to my furry roots of elementary school. The game, as you would expect, puts you in the role of a secret spy appropriately named Spy Fox on his missions to capture wacky villains and foil their dastardly plans. I remember some of my earliest furries were inspired by the game's art direction, and some remnants of it are still visible in my art today. The second game, which I think many furs will identify with, are the Sly Cooper games. I played one, the, or the first one right at the start of middle school, and that really led me into the furry fast track. What really stuck me, struck me about the game was how much more human the main character, Sly, was by having human proportions, stance, and being quite handsome to boot. The game's main love interest, namely Carmelita Fox, also especially exemplified this, being very tall, fit, and quite a bit bustier than your typical cartoon animal would be. I also assume this is why Star Fox is a good big influence for many of the same reasons. He was very busty. 
Very busty. <laughs> um, all joking aside, that's all he had to say. He didn't even sign off because he's that cool. I, I got to play uh, Sly Cooper when it was a demo at E3, and I was like, I gotta buy this game when it comes out. Did you buy the HD collection? Not yet. Are you going to? I want to, but I know I'm not going to play it, so... <sighs> Does your heart just weep? Yes. Okay. You can buy it and I'll play it. I remember that because it was right when DDR was really big, um, and I was skinny and staying skinny because of that game, and my friend was playing, the, I think it was the second one, where you have to do the voodoo boss and like you dancing though it's like it says dig that voodoo what what game i think it was slight two i don't think i played i anyway. I, I still have one but it was i have cool. a lot of games in case you cool. didn't know like i'm a collector of everything video games from way back in the day so. he has shigeru miyamoto's toenail clippings yeah i do ew ew that's <laughs> I really disgusting don't. i really don't I have biography, though. I think that this next email is out of order. So let's skip that and go to Slitzer Kai's email, which actually I kind of want to read again, so I'm sorry. Um, the reason is because he mentioned one of the games I play. Are you going to make him read it? Yes. Oh. Would you like to read it instead? No. I just I talk a lot. Go. Okay. I wouldn't say there's a video game itself that helped me become a furry, unless you count the Digimon games, because that show because the show is what it did for me. But there certainly are games that have shaped what my fursona is very heavily. As those who know me are aware, Final Fantasy is one of the biggest parts of my life ever since I was little. The storytelling, the depth of character, the backstories that create each of them is in large part what prompted me to make my own character, filled with secrets and hidden attributes that have been there since the character's inception. The clothing I wear derives from Vincent Valentine of Final Fantasy VII, the weapon I wield being the blood sword from Furion of Final Fantasy II, and even very recent changes I made to my character stem from a video game. The new highlights in the hair are entirely because of my character in Final Fantasy XIV. Even the other tribal version of my character, my usual, is based on is based partly on ideas from video games. Not only did I want to create a deep backstory involving this, but Hugo from Sui Coden 3 pulls off the look so deliciously I could not go with it. I couldn't not go with it. But biggest of all, before Final Fantasy or Sui Coden even came close to me, close to touching my character's creation, there's one game series in particular that very much created me. The Exile series by Spiderweb Software, more recently renamed and known as the Avernum series, is where I take my name from. The list Zerakai, my name is Slitzerkai, no H. Or shortened to Slitz. I think it is Slitzerakai, and I've just been mispronouncing it all these episodes. Okay. <laughs> a race of lizard folk living in the world of exile beneath the planet's surface in the first game and rising up as comrades with the humans in the second and onward along with the cat folk. Nephilim is where I take my first name from because that game series was one of my absolute favorite, and I still prefer the original exile over the remade Avernum style. I also have a huge like for Scalies, but I'm through and through a fox. My last name, Kinetic, is from the song Kinetic by Arcturus. What Has I... games shaped your fursona? Has have games shaped my fursona? No, my fursona is is supposed to be representative of me, which is uh, rather plain and boring. I don't agree with that at all. I actually have to apologize to him on the air because he sent Final Fantasy XIV stuff, and I am an avid Final Fantasy XIV player with uh, limits because I believe that first life is more important than other life. Uh, and so I emailed him back. I'm like, oh my god, what server are you on? Blah, blah, blah. And uh, 
I think he was a little surprised that I had actually just like emailed him back 10 seconds after I got the email. <laughs> um, uh, I, I didn't really come across as, yes, I, I'm one of the hosts. I just was like, you know, fangirl. So uh, I apologize <laughs> on the air for that. Uh, but if you're ever on my server, I'll totally play with you. <laughs> he, he will play with you. He loves that. I will play with you and I will play with you. Take your own definitions, perverts. Oh my goodness. Well, thank you so much for sending that in. And you also sent us links to those pictures. So. There's some some good art in those links. You check those out. Alright, before we... Now let's go to break now, because we actually do have a mailbag. So, yep, we are going to go to break and be back with The Game. The Game. Hey everybody, this is T-Wolf. Just wanted to stop in for T's pause button. Get it? Pause? You know, furries? Yeah, me too. So, I'm actually going to toss you guys a few games that I've been seeing lately. Um, hopefully you'll enjoy them. And if you don't, hey, you gave it a try, right? One big one that I've actually been looking at lately, um, and I've actually talked to these indie developers, happens to be on the iOS and Android, so something simple everybody can grab if you have a smartphone. It's called Drop the Soap. Yeah, it's got a silly little name. Um... But if you like art, if you like a little bit of craziness, uh, mainly in kind of a clip art style, it's actually really good. It's a simple game. Basically, you get dropped into a bathtub and you move the soap around. You avoid stuff, you grab coins, you get points, and you move on. Uh, the more horrible you do, you eventually get dropped into space. With that, you can either save your kid or you can go ahead and let him fly into the sun and burn up. And it actually is an advantage to save him because your score tends to multiply. It's simple, it's something you can open up, right when you sit down somewhere and you're waiting, play a game or two, and then move on. The reason I'm kind of recommending it is uh, uh, last year I, that we had the uh, Comic-Con here in SLC, uh, I was able to go ahead and interview some of the new indie developers, see what's going on with them. This is one I would actually recommend. It's only 99 cents, so if you really are that cheap to say, hey, I don't want to you know, support an indie developer, probably wouldn't say get it, because it's not the greatest game in the world. But if you do enjoy a little bit of fun just before you need to go ahead and do something else, or if you're really that bored, go ahead and give it a try. So it's time to run a commercial again, because we know how much everyone loves commercials. And because we don't have any cross-platform interests, the chair of Anthrocon has decided to make us the announcement point for the details for the 2015 year. Anthrocon 2015 will be name-changing to Furry Unlocked 2015 at the Doubletree Suites in downtown Salt Lake City, October 30th through November 1st, 2015. But Furry Unlocked will be the name for the convention going forward to help uh, center around our big gaming culture and aspect where we go through with board games and video games and just about all that kind of stuff. We're here to be a fun convention. I think that name really wraps around to center around that. There's a lot of activity actually happening around that time of year, Salt Lake, so we needed to find a different home, and we think this home will be a great fit for us. We do have the room rates, and there's something nice about the rooms. So this year's room rate is a flat 129 plus tax, and that's going to include breakfast for all 
registered room patrons. There will be a one-night deposit of the first night's rent uh, upon booking, and then the rest of that will be due at the end of your stay. Register today! And welcome back. Guess what time it is? It's time for... The the game. Game! So... As punishment for coming on our show, we are going to now ask you 10 questions about something you're always an expert in. That's how this game works. Okay. The points are meaningless. Don't worry about it. It's just our time to have a good old gay time. So, are you ready? Yeah, I'm ready. Okay, we are going to ask you 10 questions, and Rue is going to ask the very first one. All right, here we go. Number one, what year did Guiding Light start? Um, 1978. <laughs> no, tell? that's incorrect. 1937. But more importantly, question two is when did Guiding Light move to television? Uh, I. 1952. <gasps> you actually got it right. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's, awesome. that's impressive. That is impressive. <laughs> that's almost as good as the comeback kid. Wow, that was awesome. So let's go with question number three. So wait, wait, wait. He said something he's knowledgeable in. How is this related to He's that? absolutely an expert in the Guiding Light. Okay. How many years did Guiding Light run for? Oops. <laughs> Good job. Uh, 47. It's 72. Oh. So, are, are we talking about the television series or, or from 1930-whatever? The entire... Oh, okay. Uh, so, what network did The Guiding Light start on? We'll go with ABC. Trick, uh, the trick to knowing that one, um, it's uh, NBC. ABC was NBC Blue, and NBC Today was NBC Red, but the FCC got involved and said none of this. So, NBC Blue got spun off and became ABC. And has never been as good to this day. Oh. <laughs> so he's like kind of right. No, it was NBC Red that it started on. No. I, 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 if I said blue, I, I misspoke. It, was, it did now? start on red. It did start on red. What's red now? Peacock. The CBC? NBC is the answer. So, Rue, five. Number five. What major soap opera remains in production today? General Hospital. That is correct. You're getting more right than you should be. <laughs> so, what city do they do the photography for General Hospital in? It's never changed. Or where is it filmed in? Yeah. Detroit. This was a gimme. This was the one I thought you'd get. Hollywood. Oh. It's never, ever not been filmed in Hollywood. Oh, I always thought it was Chicago. All right, number seven. How many episodes of General Hospital were created and aired for the prime time time slot. How many episodes? Just for prime time. Uh, 16,384. <laughs> A lot lower than that. <laughs> Three. Okay. What famous hockey star likes General Hospital? <laughs> what? That could be anybody. 
There's only one that has declared his love for General Hospital, I promise. I, I don't watch hockey. So name a famous hockey guy. Uh, Wayne Gretzky. <laughs> nice. That's really nice. What formal royal family member was a fan of General Hospital? Lady Diana. That's correct. How many points does he have? <laughs> he actually has four points. Wow. All right. You ready for the last one? Yeah. So we've asked you questions about Guiding Light. We've asked you questions about General Hospital, but the thing that you really need to tell us is how many lighthouses are in Michigan? <laughs> Two. Two? I don't know. <laughs> no, just kidding. Oh. <laughs> there are 150. <laughs> we thought, you know, Guiding Light. Uh, anyway. So, uh, good job, good job. You are indeed an expert in soap opera, apparently. You got four right. No, I, he got five right because you dinged before buzzed. No, that doesn't count. He gets no, an imaginary no, point in that instance. Five. five. You go back to the sound booth now. <laughs> How did you feel about that game? I felt dirty. I, I, I should have scored a zero on that. but <laughs> Have you watched these shows? No. <laughs> He did a lot of great guessing. You do. You you have have a good feel. All right. We have one piece of mail for the mailbag. Can you believe it? Just one. Before I read it, I do want to say we are out of idents. So please, please, please go to our site and click the do our ident button. It's on the bar at the top, not the very top, right under our logo. Um, So yeah, please do an ident. Please, please, please. All right. Let's read this uh, from Kuno. He says, Dear Tugs. Um, thank you for your helpful advice regarding the FA and Facebook groups. This was on Firebreast episode. I've taken Feli's advice and made an FA account and requested to join the Facebook group. Alberta Furries. By the way, you were correct when you said I was from Calgary. Uh, as far as a fursona goes, I haven't chosen one, but uh, I haven't chosen a golden retriever, but I've come up with a dragon with black gray shades named Qono. Or Qno, I should say. Qno. I'm not quite sure whether this is a good starting point, but it's something. Anyway, thanks for all the great episodes, and I'll always look forward to hearing more from you guys. Kuno of Canada. P.S. Let Philly know I'll be waiting at Timmy's with my double-double. Thank you, Kuno. It was a sad note for me. I miss Tim Hortons so much. So much. Like, uh, it turns out someone I know is on a city planning commission, and I was like, please build a Tim Hortons. I don't care what it takes. You will have people show up. But Utah's never going to happen. So thank you for the email. Yes, I, I re- thank you. I realized why you couldn't see that. He actually sent it directly to me. Oh. Uh, but now you know. Hi. Koru oh. at For What It's Worth. Yeah, please send hate mail to Koru at For What It's Worth. Hey, that works. Oh. At least it's something. <laughs> you must be desperate. Rue, do we have housekeeping? I. Yes, we have housekeeping. What is it? I have no idea what it is. Well, we need to talk about what our next episode is going to be. That's not. Well, I guess that is housekeeping. What is our next episode going to be? Uh, do you want to? Do you want to vote again? Do you want to pick? We can have a new furry go through the new furry ceremony on our show. A He's new been, furry ceremony. Yeah, you know how when you're a furry and you're new, you have to go through the ceremony. What ceremony is that? It's a well, fur welcoming. Yeah, it's you know, it's like the initiation. Is it where we like? Go into the circle and just like say one of us, one. Uh, of a little more us. elaborate than that. There's a little bloodletting. We have a blood sacrifice. Yeah, there's some bloodletting. A um, first suitor loses his head. Yeah, so <laughs> we can do that. That's option one. 
Um, and, and we have a jump in with we beat them with plushies. <laughs> we beat. Them. Oh, that, a pillow full of plushies. Oh my god, a pillowcase full of. Plushies. And then somebody right. screams that they're Spartacus. Okay. Um, I'm grabbing the options. Continue talking amongst yourselves. Well, I believe one of the options was the serious, um, serious episode. I mean, serious episode of suicide. Depression serious and suicide in the topic. fandom. Yep. Um, or we have caring for the not pretend animals, so pets, as okay. in animal pets, not people pets. Um, let's go with. So ceremony, suicide, pets. Well, I'm not sure what the ceremony one is. You need to talk to me a little bit more about it. I told you it's, we're going to initiate a new furry into the fandom. He wants. He's waiting to create his persona just to do it on our show. Okay, we'll go with that. We'll go with that. Okay, so if you have any suggestions on what we should put in this ceremony, no matter how silly or ridiculous, now is the time. You can create the ceremony with us, and he will then create his persona based on that. And and it's kind of like going to Build-A-Bear. You know how when you go to Build-A-Bear and you have to like do all that creepy voodoo stuff? Kind of like, like the, that? They kiss the heart and hug it. Yeah, and and I love bring you yeah, we, and let's, then the boys box. Yeah, let's do our build a bear ceremony. Build a furry. So build a we're build a fur. Are uh, we gonna like what force if it is like a, bear? a force like a tube of cotton to go down there? <laughs> nope, that's on the other end. So we'll have uh, that be our next episode. So yeah, give us ceremony ideas if you want to wish him luck. Um, by all means. So, but on a serious topic, that how is how did okay. What? Well. Like, what do we want to receive from them? No, really. Like, if you want to alter the ceremony or if you have uh, words of wisdom, pearls of wisdom you want to share. Okay, words of wisdom of how to go about creating your persona. Or what he should look forward to as a newly minted furry. Or, you know, how did you come about creating your persona? What there was you your go. journey? And so he'll join us and we will do that. We will record it after further confusion. So, as they say in, in Final Fantasy fourteen, please look forward to it. Yes, thank you. And thank you for joining with us. And this has been Rue. Nope. Do you want to give out your contact info in case anyone wants to reach out to you, Mr. Developer? Uh, you can find me on FA under the username Antires. R-E-S. Correct. Okay. Antires. Or Antires, I'm sorry. I shouldn't screw that up. On FA. Okay. Now you can do it. You stole my thunder. This has been Koru. I stole your thunder thighs. All right, so this has been Rue. This is Tugs. Koru. And Rez. And this has been... For For What what It's it's Worth. worth. Did you say it? No. Say it. For What It's Worth. Yes! Yay!